Don't. There it is. <laughs> Wish that song was in this movie. If you're playing continuously, that would have made it better. That would have made it better. It would have been on the MySpace page, like when he clicked open. Yeah. <laughs> that was something that was missing because MySpace, everybody had a song. Automatic music. Everybody yeah. had a song. That's why MySpace yeah. was the best. Fuck Facebook. Yeah, man. Why did they kill MySpace? Meta. It was the best. It was meta. the meta. Meta. I'm never calling it Meta. I don't give a shit. <laughs> the Meta. I don't give a shit. Meta, meta is piece. what Mark Phil and I do on the podcast on the main timeline. <laughs> they fucking stole our We're shit. the real Meta. We should change bread. Breadcrumb Collective to, to Meta Facebook? Collective. <laughs> to Facebook. <laughs> yeah, Facebook. Yeah. The drop of the. Yeah. The other. <laughs> I've seen that movie too many times. We watched it the other night. Great. We should, dude. We should do that. I know you wanted to do Wayne's World, but we should do Social Network. But it's a podcast. I need to be in it, and I will be Justin Timberlake. Yeah, <laughs> JT Sean Parker or London Tipton, the Asian girl. Oh yeah, who set Andrew Garfield's room on fire? Yeah, an icon. A icon of cinema. Yeah, yeah. For Asian girls dating white guys everywhere. <laughs> Get her in your film, Phil. That's that's totally doable, right, Brenda Strong? Why would you do that when you have an Asian girl here? Yeah, I have Ari to play you. Oh, to play me? To no, play to Phil? play yeah. to play Ari. Play me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get Dak and Cody in on this shit, man. Could be amazing. Yeah. They'll both play Phil. Yeah, they'll just swap it out yeah. like they yeah. do with kids, like, like Big kids, Daddy. Yeah. yeah, Big Daddy. Yeah, they still have to yeah. go to school. Back so. to the roots. <laughs> They rivers. probably do. They're kind of dumb, aren't they? Didn't like Riverdale. Aren't they, like, Are they dumb? Aren't they, they poor? They graduated NYU, both of them, I think, cum laude. So, so oh, don't mean anything? Know, I was apparently. telling Julia that the other day. That's just because you like went to school and graduated. Just because you doesn't you're, mean you're smart. Seriously, yeah. even just because you're smart doesn't mean you're smart. Just because exactly. you're a doctor doesn't necessarily mean you're smart. Chiquita like, MD. No. Point proven. Exactly. It's like Ashton Kutcher. He got like PhD and like astrophysics and like He's medicine or smart. whatever. And then he starred in, you know, Butterfly, Butterfly Effect. effect. Yeah. The and fuck produced is it. wrong? <laughs> 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 Welcome to Franchise, presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, the podcast where each season we go through some of Hollywood's biggest movie franchises, one film at a time, as we try to figure out what makes franchise good, what makes the franchise bad, and what makes a franchise work. And on God. Damn it, I wish there was a bigger butterfly effect franchise because I'd be doing that next season. But we're not. <laughs> Alas, I'm your host, Jonathan Foster, and I am here today with my damn, he's still a zombie boy, Phil. Still a zombie, but the camera's a bit shaky. Yeah. Look, here's the diary of the dead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Blair Witch. Get it. How's it going? Now, Phil? Again, a joke just for Ari and Jonathan. Yeah. No one at home. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it's all right. It's all right. Not looking forward to this one, to be honest. But yeah, let's let's roll with it. I feel fine. Okay, feel fine. I'm kind of hungry, to be honest. <laughs> Maybe that's the zombie thing. Maybe it's, I don't brains. know. Really We've been doing it for a while. Brains. brains. Yeah. Brains. 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 Is there a brains meal deal at Tesco it, right now? Yeah. Well, I'll check online. <laughs> Three pounds to banger. Deal for brains. Sick. Yeah, for brains. And we are here. As well with the artist formerly known as Lil Zombie. <laughs> Who is it? Ariana Natsupuchi. My daughter. How's it going, hey, Ariana? Hello. Hi, Phil. Hi, John. Hello. It's going okay. I just took the medicine that I have to take because I'm sick and I'm starting to hit. Feeling <laughs> um, She's turning, guys. So if, She's turning. Yeah, if, if my speech suddenly becomes slurred, I didn't get bit by no zombie. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we hope you're doing all right, 
Phil's mm-hmm. already hot and ready to get into it. So fucking I'm just letting let's, you know. Let's, let's, let's just do it. All right. Sarah Michelle Fetters, uh, moviefreak.com said, Romero may have something to say, but if he's going to be saying it like this, the only zombies he's going to find are the ones passed out in the theater from disappointed disgust. Lol. Damn. Lol. Burn. Burn. Uh, <laughs> Dargus. That sounds like a Fear the Walking Dead like side character. That's true. Of the New York Times said it's clever or at least clever enough to keep you going and interested from start to finish. It just isn't scary. Most of these films aren't really that scary. They haven't been scary in a long time. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. the first one, really. Yeah. That's true. Tim Roby of the Daily Telegraph said this is hardly a new idea by now. And Romero does it to death with ponderous musings about camcorder culture and the ethics of stopping to look, not to help. Intermittent fun, though. Okay. <laughs> okay. What a backhanded compliment. Yeah, cool. Intermittent, but yeah. yeah. But popcorn is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Peter Bradshaw of The Guardian said the opening news report sequence is very strong. From there on, well, what more is there to say about the zombie genre and its metaphors for our undead society? <laughs> Jamie Russell of BBC.com said these zombies may be dead, but George A. Romero's taste for social commentary certainly isn't in his latest installment of his long-running Walking Corpse series. Kim Newman of Empire Magazine said a raw, vivid dispatch from the front line. This melds context with frights in classic Romero style. An outstanding exercise in showing the kids how to do it. And <laughs> Peter Travers... That's old man territory. Peter Travers of Rolling Stone said, this one belongs with the leaders of the scare pack. Isn't it time that we give Romero his due? It's hardly an accident that Stephen King, Quentin Tarantino, Guillermo del Toro, Simon Pegg, and Wes Craven recognize Romero as a master. He is. Yep. Mm, But not for this. And (laughs) our boy, Felix Vasquez Jr., a cinema craze, said, Romero's film is ugly. But then reflections of society always are. He, oh my he, God. He liked the mirror? Liked we live in a society. We live in a society. Bill, we live in a society. Don't joke at me. <laughs> Let's get to it. Jason once said he thought he could help. Maybe even save some lives. This is the last thing he downloaded before he died. A couple of hometown Joes who went out to shoot at targets. But that day they used people. Dead people. You know, just for fun. There was one target that was different from the rest. A woman, tied by her hair to the branch of a tree. The boys had this one set up just for kicks. They got out their favorite 12 gauge and... Are we worth saving? You tell me. After spending time traversing the land of Romero's first installment of his second dead trilogy, we find ourselves stopping in our tracks, pulling out our mobile phones to document the carnage left in the wake of a new zombie apocalypse emerging 
in a modern world. In what film, Phil? Dear Diary <laughs> of, of the, the dead. dead. Of the dead. <laughs> Today I died. Oh shit! Dead I'm not dead anymore. Of a wimpy dead. Die of a dead kid, Casper. <laughs> That's Casper. Yeah. Casper, the dead child. Yeah. Let us never forget. Let us not yeah. forget. Gary, the next. And then when he turns into human form, he's like 13-year-old Devin Sawa. Cool. Oh, All right. Cool. Diary of a dead kid, Roderick Lewis. News agencies are reporting accounts of the dead returning to life. What's that? What was that? You can't talk about it. What is this about, Jason? This turns out to be a big thing. I just want to record it. This sort of failure, like a major organization. Looks hurt. He's all burned up. The problem doesn't seem to be that people are waking up dead. The dead people are waking up. It's not going down. Shoot in the head. They're not getting the truth from anybody else. All that news is a pack of lies. I'm dealing with this crisis. Now. You gotta know that this might be bad. I'm trying to get home to my family, okay? Don't bury this! Shooting head! People start running out of food, water, gas. They're gonna start shooting at each other. Trust somebody. What would you do? Kill us? I think about it. Maybe one of them got in already. You're saying they're all dead. Yes. This is a hospital. There's nobody here. Come on, before we get our asses shot off. I can't do this anymore. Every time we walk in somewhere, somebody dies. While filming a horror movie in the forest, a group of University of Pittsburgh film study students and their <laughs> professor hear on the news that the dead are rising and walking the earth. Rich Kid Ridley, played by Philip Riccio, decides to leave the group and head home to Philly with Francine, who's uh, played by Megan Park, joining him, while director Jason Creed, played by Joshua Close, continues filming, making a documentary of the events called The Death of Death and heads <laughs> with his crew to the dormitory of his girlfriend, Deborah Moynihan, who's played by Michelle Morgan. After reuniting, Deborah, who has had no luck contacting her family, decides to join the group as they travel with Mary, played by Tatiana Maslany, in her RV to the house of Deborah's parents in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Along the way, the group runs into zombies, a deaf Amish farmer, various groups of National Guardsmen, and attempt to survive on their journey home. It's the 2007 found footage zombie horror written and directed by George A. Romero. Hot takes out the gate. Johnny, you wanted to go first, so you should go first. Dude, please. Yeah, I can wait. I started this film like not really knowing what I was going to get out of it. And uh, like I said, at the end of last week's episode, I thought this was the one that I had saw like bits of or most of, but it turned out it was actually Land of the Dead. I just confused (laughs) the titles. 
all right, I start watching this and I was just like, you know, uh, who, who was it? Was it uh, Peter Bradshaw? Was he the one who said something about like, you know, the beginning of the film's kind of cool. And the new segment. Yeah. True. And then <laughs> you get in with the, the, the kids and stuff and they're making film this film kids. and I'm just like, Fucking real. No movies about film school kids. As yeah. a film school kid myself, yeah. there should be no movies. <laughs> Can't do it. Can't do it. Ever. Worst. The worst people. It started and I was just like, dude, oh my God, I don't know about this. I don't know about this. <laughs> oh, not sure about this, don't one. Don't know about this, bro. Yeah. Bro, bro, don't know about this. Bro, but, don't know about this. But no. it turns for me. Um, once I got past the fact that Romero, I kind of feel like he was doing this on purpose. He's doing like giving, he's giving <laughs> like, movie the bit. I, I think it kind of is. He's like fucking around with, uh, you know, filmmaking in general, which is kind of fun. Yeah. He sure. has this kid who decides to, I mean, you know, it's tongue in cheek on the whole, like, uh, you know, s- people, you know, stopping to, you know, Walter. Like yeah, put things on the internet, like and literally, it feels kind of creepier now that like, mm-hmm. like I think at the time it was made, it was like in the early days of that, but that never went away, and it's like it's only gotten worse. And like you know, we live in this age where we're likely to hear about like a big fucking international tragedy through Twitter than like we are on fucking the news, and mm-hmm. we're also like prone to like being pulled one way or another, like by a viral tweet or something like that. Or, and you know, it's, it can be fake and like, you don't have all the fucking news around it because like, that's how things are reported now. And it's Mm -hmm. fucking dangerous. Like I was thinking about like when the, you know, the terrorist attack at the, uh, bridge, the bridge, Westminster Mm -hmm. bridge. I'm having footage. When, when that happened, I was at work. And it's really close to the cinema. And it was like, yeah. I, I went that way home on the bus and stuff. And it was kind of scary. I was like, oh, man, what if like I was walking that at that time when that happened? I was in that. Like, that's kind of scary to think about. But even scarier was the fact that people were just like taking photos of dead bodies on the fucking bridge and posting on like, in photos and video of that, like on Twitter. And that's fucking horrifying to see. It was fucking a gut punch to see it. Yeah, it's like that fucking which I forget which one it was. Logan Paul, yeah. Drake Paul, the whoever went to the suicide forest. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Man? Awful, yeah. awful. So that sort of society is—it's like really scary. So once that sort of started to play up with this film, and I kind of got on board with, I think Romero was kind of purposely like because I felt like they changed after a while. Because at first it was like annoying kids. He cut out the fat. There's only a few people. There was a couple of characters that kind of remained weird, like the professor oh. mumbling all of his lines. Oh. The fucking drunken oh. Irish priest. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like whatever that. But once like it was established that some of these characters are annoying and I think they are meant to be annoying because they're just dumb film students who are out of their <laughs> element. And yeah. you start to really see who starts to shine, like his girlfriend and she becomes the fucking He's main fucking character. She's I like fucking that. awesome. And this film starts to really work for me. And I loved it compared to last week. I actually genuinely had a great fucking time with this film. It starts wow. weird, but once you start like kind of getting into it, I really kind of liked it. I felt like there was a lot of heart to it. Like uh, with the characters, like there was a good, like, I don't know. Cause it's like, everything's fucked. And this is again, we're at the beginning, but it's like a different take on it. 
That's kind of Romero being able to go back to the very first day. There's thoughts that maybe it was uh, supposed to be set on the same day as Night of the Living Dead uh, with like a lot of sound clips and stuff adding in from the original mm. film, like at the beginning of the film, like as an allusion to that original film, but it's just kind of an updated society and how a different type of you know crew of people would deal with it. I don't know. I just kind of liked it. It was a lot more fun than the, I, I don't, I think it's because Romero's back to his roots. It's small. It's different. He's doing something different. He, cause this is before these type of films really became a big thing as well. Mm-hmm. Like there wasn't yeah. like uh, film footage films galore. Like there are now, like, but back then it was like Blair Witch project. And this is a year before Cloverfield and, like, so he was ahead of the yeah. curve and like he always is so it's i think it was kind of interesting and romero just being back to an independent feature it just suits him well as much as i was saying that like oh man i really wish like we could have seen that scope of day of the dead but fucking day of the dead's perfect in my opinion it's so good <laughs> and this is again like i'm not saying this is perfect by any means there's a lot of annoying characters and dumb shit going on in it and like it's not as cool like because I think there's a lot more CGI with the zombies and stuff, but but he's using the film footage and all that shit. He's got a lot on his plate, but he wasn't able to really just get insane with practical effects. But like, so it was kind of missing on that point, but it just felt like we're back to the roots. And that's what Romero, I think, shines in. And it's last week's episode was just like too grand. The scope was too big. And Romero, I think, just is better like flying solo without fucking big money and people big shouting bird. in his ears. So <laughs> sorry. Anyway, what a surprise. wants to take it. I was kind All of, right, I was kind of surprised myself. To be honest. Okay. Uh, I was shocked. Phil didn't want to go next, but I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> this one was an odd one for me because I had to watch it sort of in pieces. Like I watched the first half yesterday. I finished it today and it felt like my first, I don't know if it was because like we did a side mission. My first knee jerk reaction was literally like Abed could have made this. Like it felt yeah. like I was watching a documentary episode of community. It felt again, very like I'm glad Romero isn't shying away from, uh, you know, modern times again. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's especially like what this came out in like what? Oh seven. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. like such a challenging transitional time for technology. And you see the remnants of, of what was and what will become and all in one, like wrapped up in one, like, Oh, the the last thing he downloaded, the first thing he uploaded. Uploads and downloads <laughs> are such a huge deal. Then and, 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 it's, it's small. He wanted to upload stuff, the footage. But like, exactly, but he's making a movie. Stuff, exactly, like small, small little things that now sound insane to us. Yeah. Like uh, I found this lady in a message board on YouTube. Girls say comments or something like it's <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. not that's because that's what it was back then. And MySpace was a thing, and and it, it documents the collapse. That okay, maybe if the apocalypse were to happen now we'd still have the internet for a couple of days that Mm. could really be helpful for us but then it could also really fuck us given you know the state of things and i agree with john completely it does reflect the sort of nature again great you know romero's kind of a god at that at reflecting the state of the world right now and it's so harrowing to watch like you know the the sort of bystander effect there's that fucking scene at the end where um the girl in the dress uh, don't mess with texas little help yeah yeah, he does not help her, and and <laughs> essentially cleverly Romero like recreates the beginning of the movie. He yeah. gets his fucking mother movie. Cool. Yeah, 
like there, there's so many parts of it that I liked, like when I, when they were in the hospital and all the kills I thought were super cool. And I thought this is very, this is what I know is like a zombie, you know, this is like what my zombie tastes are, you mm-hmm. know, it's very walking dead. It's very, they're, you know, they go down once they're not going to get back up. If you shoot them in the head, they're not talking, they're slow, they're really creepy and gross, but they're, they're kind of mindless and they're kind of useless, you know, um, it felt familiar to me. And I guess that's where a lot of like a lot of the stuff that we know now comes from, like this, maybe this version of Romero or where the culture has gone in, but I could not sit through it. Like it took me two days to finish this. <laughs> I couldn't sit through it. I understand the appeal. I totally get why, like, you know, why, why John likes, it. I get why people would like it, but I get why people despite, would not like yeah, it. Would not like, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people just, don't. Despite, so. Yeah, despite all the ideas that I enjoy from it, I, I could not stand it. I, I can't stand movies about, if there are any other ones, movies about film students, because it's just like, <laughs> I knew these people, not in like, a, oh my God, I've been there kind of way, but like there, you know, you've been on a Wait set there. with people that think they're so self-important that their vision is the most important. I've probably been there without realizing it, but I was a fucking producer. I don't know which one of those guys was the fucking producer. Um, <laughs> I like the the lead girl. Like she she really grows up through. I love Tatiana Maslany. I'm a huge Orphan Black fan, so I was like, oh, cool. that's nice that she's in this. But all the guys were so fucking annoying. Yeah, and kind of the same. They like the they same. were all really the same guy, apart from maybe like the, the rich guy and the professor. But they're also kind of the same guy. Uh, yeah, you know <laughs> they're I mean? all cardboard cutouts. Different cut out. stages yeah. of their lives. Yeah, I thought that was kind of kind of, kind of interesting yeah. though, because the two main guys are almost fighting over who's the director this, yeah. or who should be directing. Uh, and also and there's a, get the girl who should be who with should the girl. Through. Cause she starts yeah. getting a little bit like, you know, like, yeah. Hey, I like the other guy it. better than this Jason fella. Yeah. Jason's annoying. annoying, but I think that's perfect. He should be annoying. It's like, be annoying. Who, like he's how else, so annoying. how else can you do this film? If he's not a piece of shit, who's just filming it all the time. It's like found footage films don't exist without the yeah. person who's at the heart of it, who like shooting it can't stop shooting. It's the same thing with Blair Witch. It's just like, yeah, she can't stop making this film. And the two other guys with her are like, fucking stop. Fuck We're fucking <laughs> lost out here. Why are you documenting this? And to her last moment where she falls over and it's fucking weird and it doesn't make sense at the end of the film. But whatever. It's, oh, it's banger. It's there's that thing. That there's that scene beautiful. at the end. That there's that scene at the end of, of Jason straight to camera sort of saying it's very really earnest like and he's yeah. like I thought that, that was really nice but yeah. I didn't get that throughout I his, think that was deliberate thing, right you know? could be like I know, I've I hated this guy for two yeah. hours yeah. but yeah I didn't like that either but too much of a pull like him. yeah it was too, too much late. of a pull yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if I got I actually got what he was saying from the other people like from from the horrible narration that I didn't <sighs> like the narration at all yeah, I, didn't I got like that, that more from her I didn't like that. Yeah. To be honest, like, cause that, that was part of the part at the beginning of the film that I wasn't really enjoying. And she was like, I oh, know I added music to it and the music's annoying. Oh, it's like, but oh like God. it, once it got going and you got into it, I kind of forgot about that element to it. And then mm. finally it, then like it the voice back. came back and I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot. No, but music. dude, but, it comes back every 10 minutes yeah, to the tell voice you and the slow-mo. Yeah. Oh my God. It's Let just Phil every. Loose. Let him loose. Sorry. I'm sorry. They'll go. They'll go. Yeah. yeah we have like the same this. things to say. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. No. I'm. I'm. I'm on board with you. Didn't like this. 
Um, watched it this morning. It would again. I'll start with the good. I'm all down for George Romero going back to the roots. He does work better like that, and I think it's cool that he adopted like a completely new way to make a zombie movie, like the handheld thing. I don't think he used it that well. I think it's kind of cheap, and I think it just looks bad. I mean, I know it's it's sort of meant to look like a student shit student film, but it still does. And like yeah, you know, with the second camera and the CCTV, it's all a bit convenient. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's just not nice to look at. Maybe it's deliberately ugly. Yeah, and I I love the ideas in this movie more than even I like the ideas in the last one because this one is incredibly prevalent. We're talking about misinformation in the media. Yeah. We're talking During about a global outbreak. <laughs> exactly, it was absolutely dead on again. Fucking way ahead of his time, and yeah, that directly contributing to death and how people are viewing this sort of situation and yeah the the bystander effect this guy who won't stop filming and i understood it even if the character's a bit too real you know with the film school people that take themselves a bit too seriously i could i can understand where he was he was coming from but it's just one of the things that broke me is this stupid sarah connor voiceover she's even (laughs) doing the voice every 10 minutes it's literally every scene and it Stops the movie dead every time. Stops, tells you exactly what happened, shows you all the slow-mo footage of what just happened, and then tells you exactly what to feel. It's like you said last week was like it hit you was like it wasn't subtle, right? The messaging and stuff. Yeah. This smacks you over the head. It's insulting how yeah. much he tells you exactly what he's talking about. It's so weird. He's never done this. Yeah. It's so every scene is like, look what it did That's to us. Thing, though, isn't yeah. it? Like we're editing her film for her you know we're talking about this where her stupid fucking lectures being like girl you shouldn't have said this because you're yeah. you know you're, you're telling yeah. not showing fair enough yeah exactly tell don't show but it's like it tells you exactly it's like oh the you know the media was the real virus that sort of thing it's like and it turned us into animals yeah and it was just it was fucking really frustrating and it was predictable because of that like from the begin, like almost from the beginning, I was like, "This dude's gonna die," and his last words are gonna be, "Shoot me," and he's gonna mean the camera. It's like it's so in your face, <laughs> dude. It's so yeah. like, and ever and all the characters just as a whole are just really annoying and boring. I was just mostly bored by this. It was really frustrating because there are great moments, there are great kills, that bit with the, and great effects, even with the CGI. The bit with the zombie gets the brain oh yeah that out. was really oh cool. yeah, yeah. the acid dude yeah, really cool and the guy Best getting bit. stabbed the hospital scene was yeah. fucking cool even and I, I liked the general story i liked where the ending i thought was really well done yeah the house and sort of finishing up the redoing the movie yeah that was cool and yeah and cutting to the sort of talking head even though by that point I don't. I felt like I don't know what don't to get from that i don't care about you it's like now you want me to care about him and like it's just all over the place. Like where, you know, the Romero movies have a definite sense of humor, a type of sense of humor. This one is just weird. It's kind of funny at the beginning because, oh, he's making fun of films. And I bet this is, you know, he's probably making fun of himself a little bit. But then it's like a silent Amish dude shows up and he's like, Samuel, hello. And fucking debris falls on him. And you're like, what is this? It's like weird slapstick moment. And he died right away. He gets like, he stabbed himself with a fucking 
Fife's or whatever. <laughs> that was kind of fun. It was just kind of baller. That was kind of cool. <laughs> it's just <laughs> weird, man. I don't know, man. This one, it just didn't. It just yeah. didn't. I like the idea of it. It just doesn't work for me. Really didn't work for me. I'm totally on board with this. I think, but I think again, like sort of what I was talking about last week with like Romero's films originally, like the idea, like, the idea of the first film wasn't meant to be this social commentary. Commentary, and then yeah. It's sort of when got he's doing it on the purpose, him, and now it's like the yeah. last these past two movies. It's like, oh yeah, here's a zombie film. Oh yeah, I'm supposed to have a social commentary. So it's like here's two heavy-fisted like social commentary films it's almost a joke but, yeah he's doing a bit yeah he's doing he's doing a bit he's, he's making fun of me for still watching you know like <laughs> yeah. i don't understand no, for real. Yeah, he's yeah. like parodying felt, himself yeah. he was poking yeah. fun at dawn of the dead uh with the whole zombies don't run bit like the mummy oh, that yeah. was cool so he he did have his own little jokes in it because he like he basically like hates fast zombies he's like you know it's just not I my get thing it. it's not my you're thing. dead yeah. he even come back at the end he's like see i told you <laughs> dead things move slow and it's like now yeah. dude really now and her dress gets yeah. ripped off and, and her like, tits come out it. as well <laughs> and it's like you oh my god yeah you like, don't mess with texas you that's know? all she said yeah. through the whole movie and she had to kill her fucking boyfriend who looks just like greg Sarah. He does. Yeah. Right? I was he does, yeah. Right? It's kind of he scary. It's, yeah. He's like a shorter Greg Sestero. You could totally see it. John, did you not feel like this film kind of sped run the first three seasons of The Walking Dead because they're in an <laughs> RV and oh, then yeah, did, they go yeah. to a farm yeah. and then <laughs> in a mansion? In the hospital, he kills her boyfriend. It's, it's, yeah. They go to a family homes. <laughs> they go to a family, yeah. They go to somebody's house. Yeah, yeah. That was cool. That's a lot of cool. That bit was really Im- fun. Image it. Yeah. yeah, that, I like that. The zombies in the pool? That. Yeah. I fucking love that. I, that's that was one of the like, haunting images was, I've seen. There was enough, like, movies. dumb, like, because I don't think this is a, like, perfect film. I just enjoyed it a lot more than the last one because it was like, there's a lot of fun little images in it. I also didn't go to film school, so I don't really give a shit like about <laughs> film school kids. So I guess maybe it hit. Yeah, different. me and Phil are just hiding our faces. Yeah, yeah, just like oh god, I'm there. I feel like every young person is annoying. So it's like for me, yeah, I have true. to get over that uh, that speed bump like of any film about kids in college or high school and stuff because when I was their age, I thought they were annoying. Yeah, kids are annoying. Yeah, yeah. so. I don't know. It's it's fine. I don't like. I get anyone disliking this film because I kind of agree with everything you said, Phil. <laughs> it's totally yeah. true. But I don't know why. I think it was mainly. I think it was because the the main girl kind of saved the film for me a bit because I felt like that we got back to like that Romero sort of strong character. Um, for sure, leading the yeah. film that kind of she is the best character, yeah, but she's the only yeah. real character. She's the only real person. Yeah, real person. Thank you. Everybody else feels like a like a caricature, yeah, exactly. like caricature. a caricature, which really weird. I think like Romero's good at doing that as well, and it's always like an unassuming person because you a lot of his films you start with a certain character thinking that they're going to be the lead, and then they kind of like it's not. It's like oh, it's this other person who comes into the film, and it's like they're yeah. actually really a strong. But you character. know right away, you know right away, she's fucking narrating the movie. Yeah, but I mean, like, you know, it's like... I thought Tatiana Maslany was narrating the movie, but then I was wrong. <laughs> that bit really, yeah, that bit really annoyed me with, like, they come to a flame, like, a what, a flaming truck or something, and they're like, no way we get past that. 
It's like yeah, that they was do really that was really easily just go around. You it. just go around yeah. it, and she kills. Wanted to see the cool sheriff zombie. Yeah, and it's like she has to run over like three people, and it's like and feel bad about. And she she feels so she bad about herself. it. She killed herself, and it's like, like oh my god, just grow up. Yeah. Like you're like I get it. Maybe she's like a she's a Christian girl. I get it because she's like you know she's got this paint pink crystal or whatever. But it's like. Oh my god, contact right? You're killing zombies to survive. But I think this is, God would be cool with that. She doesn't even like, think they're they, like she thought they could have still just been actual alive. But the people. guy even but the guy even does that. He's like, I've killed three men and a woman in the last fucking half hour, whatever. I'm Greg Sarah. <laughs> you know what I mean? The scene where he gets the the zombie gets stabbed with the IV. The nerd guy, the tech guy. Yeah, because cause no, cause he was trying to prove to the other director yeah. guy that like, dude, they're fucking dead. They're yeah. not yeah, people. Yeah. They're dead. And if that dude got it in his head early, Tatiana Maslany would still be alive. But yeah, Phil hasn't been conditioned by years and years of watching Walking Dead, where there's still characters <laughs> yeah. who are like, "There's still a chance that maybe they can be <laughs> saved and be turned <laughs> but back." You're like, but it's alive. the community yeah, thing. Beth is like, alive, you guys. Yeah, yeah I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine. fine. I got no, she's fucking alive. Shut <laughs> she's fine. <laughs> like I said, it's meant to be kind of set the same day as Night of Living Dead, and. That's kind of like an interesting thing. This is like it's cool to go back. An idea was that George mm-hmm. like it evolved from an idea like George A. Romero had for an earlier Living Dead television series, and that would have begun on the same day as Night of the Living Dead. Uh, the documentary within the film is called "The Death of Death," which I mentioned last week Horrible was title. part of mm-hmm. uh, George A. Romero's miniseries with DC Comics, uh, which mm-hmm. was under Toe Tags. So yeah, even before releasing Land of the Dead. Romero wanted to do a film about emerging media. So he had a lot of struggles and found himself miserable making land of the dead due to the studio involvement. So he wanted to go lower budget and independent and inspired by fractures. He saw in corporate controlled traditional media and the rise in platforms like YouTube and popular social media platforms like MySpace and Facebook. Romero just figured it was like up to the common folk to rise up and help untangle what he saw a media octopus and who better to fight it, the truth than a ragtag band of naive film students. So that was sort of the, the whole thinking behind it. He decided to make his uh, film footage project because he realized that the format's potential for telling intimate and timely stories. And like I said, film footage wasn't big yet. It wasn't a big thing. Like you didn't have like paranormal activity and, Cloverfield, like all those were coming. What like, we do in the shadows. Yeah, all those things Chronicle. would be coming the next couple <laughs> of years. And uh, the biggest thing was the Blair Witch Project, which Romero basically decided he wanted to use a cinematographer for instead of uh, cat the cast themselves, like holding the cameras, because he just he cited that like the failings of Blair Witch Project was the moving camera that was like really dizzying, and he wanted to make a little bit more sense. So that's why he decided to film it the way he did. But the whole time it kind of feels like the main character is filming it, but I, I don't know. Maybe that's why he made them film students. Cause he wanted them to have at least a little bit of an idea of like I'm how to make a, film. a great cinematography class at the university <laughs> of Pittsburgh that I, yeah. I should have gone to. <laughs> you get all those kills, man. That's the yeah. saving grace. <laughs> you know, but, um, but yeah. he did say it was more difficult to shoot than a traditional mm-hmm. one because 
he really needed to choreograph everything down to like the yeah. shoelaces because yeah. it was just like yeah just uh, you know if everything's gonna be like oh this needs to be this that the other like people can't be out of place and all that sort of stuff it definitely would be a bit harder yeah as we get into the cast like he decided due to the long takes in the film that like he wanted to deliberately cast stage actors so that's why you get a lot of mm. like relatively at the time yeah at the time yeah. they're unknown no. but now like ari and i were saying off air before we start recording that a lot of these people are in a lot of fucking things now. Like, but back then it was pretty early in their careers or they might've been doing bits and pieces here and there. But um, yeah, Michelle Morgan plays Deborah. Like I said, I, I really like her. I think she's a shining she's point of the film mm, kind of saved the definitely. film for me. I think this is something that like, that's probably why I liked it more was because she was a classic Romero character that was sort of missing in the last film. Yeah, of course we had yeah. sure. we had Big Daddy, but Big Daddy's a zombie and he's not going to like he's not going to give you more than zombies, you know, doing zombie <laughs> shit and maybe evolving yeah. a little bit, which is kind of cool. But if you have your main character leading the story is like some dude who's walked in off the set of CSI, like yeah. why is he here? And what <laughs> there's nothing to his story and all the other side characters are just feeding off of him and he's given us nothing. So I don't care. So that's kind of why I think I liked her more. Whereas Joshua close plays Jason Creed. He's a fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking off tall. (laughs) We had uh, Sean Roberts, you know, coming back into this film. So uh, he is in land of the dead. He plays Tony. So the other sort of director that has a lot of conflicts with Jason yeah, it's kind of interesting. Like, the, I guess Romero liked him. I don't really know. Uh, I couldn't really find much details about like his choices for different characters and all that. But yeah, Sean Roberts. He's a zombie film <laughs> regular. Yeah, he's a regular. That's a good. That's a good word for it. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Plug. Resident Evil. Plug. You know, he's in all those films, and yeah, I think he might be in another zombie film as well that has nothing to do with either of these series. So. Yeah, he just likes being in zombie movies. We have uh, Joe Denicol who plays Elliot, so the sort of tech guy, yeah. nerdy tech guy. I kind of felt bad he got killed, but it was kind of funny. Yeah, he was just trying to take a bath. <laughs> he like yeah, he was like out of water though. He was in a robe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you why, well, you don't go and take like a long, but you don't let your guard down. No, take a shower. That shit. Yeah, Jesus Christ! Limited supply. Yeah. <laughs> They didn't ask enough questions about like what happened to the yeah. other people. They don't give a shit. It's just a theory. It's a series of scenes being like, "Oh, this happened. Guess we should move on." Yeah. Got bone out. He starts looking reason. for food. It was like, "Oh yeah, he either killed his family or ate them." Yeah, those were the only yeah. Come on, you gotta like ask more questions. Where are they at? Okay, they're they're in the backyard in the pool. Okay, but like. What happened? I buried them. Yeah. <laughs> like the guy, like the fucking, the guard, the National Guard or whatever they showed oh, yeah. up and just robbed them. And it's like, no shit. Do you think, did they, like, they gave you no sign of like being helpful. They were clearly there to fuck you up. Yeah. And somehow that's a hit at Tony or whatever. Like, you are oh, so stupid. You thought the fucking guard would help. It's like, they would, if they were actually the guard and not just a bunch of guys in army clothes robbing people. 
That was so. But the guys that were dead. looting, they were the good guys. Yeah, that, yeah, that was so walking both, dead. Both, both yeah, groups. So both dead. groups. Both groups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So walking. You dead. got the Ricks and you got the Saviors. It's yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's exactly Martin that. Roach plays the stranger who is the former National Guard who like leads this like mostly black militant group sort of in this warehouse where they've taken all the supplies and it's very interesting. I I think that was the turning point for the film. It was him and Deborah like talking to each other in that mutual like sign off. of respect. Yeah. Like, yeah, the standoff. And that was sort of like, I felt like, oh, this is like, this feels like a Romero film. But then, like, there are bits that are a bit weird around it. And then um, they go back to the, the cutting room. They go back to the editing. Yeah. That, I didn't... That was very strange because, like, they're like, oh, we just grabbed it off of Wi-Fi. I think the thing is, I feel like... Um, grabbed it out the air. The, the thing about... Grabbed the, the connection. The thing about these didn't know films, how that worked yet. Nobody knew what yeah, that worked Romero yet, didn't you know, know yet. Yeah. And I think he... He basically was like, "Oh, what is what's a what's a message board? Like, you know, what's what's a face page? You know, like, you know, like he he's like he's just hearing about these things, and he's just like, I'm gonna make a like I'm gonna make a movie about it. But I mean, it's like I don't know if he quite grasped it, but like I kind of was fine. But it was also like 2007, yeah, and nobody really knew how any of that was true. (laughs) True." Yeah, I mean, I still question like how does the internet work because it's fucking like oh, all it's the time. very weird. The clouds, very weird. <laughs> what is I just the cloud? dropped out of the call. Like what the fuck, internet. <laughs> yeah, I I think it's also one of those weird things that like I grew up before the, the internet really was like you know I had a good you know six or seven years before like I had dial up internet and like that's a weird transition and then now like phones. <laughs> Like this film made today would be like one of those films that are just nothing but supercuts of everybody's like fucking phone footage of things. Yeah. I kind of hate it's sort of films like on that. an iPhone. Yeah, mm. it would have been done on an iPhone for sure, and they would have been like Definitely. Jim Cummings said that you can uh, make a film on an iPhone. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, Sean Baker doing this yeah. shit. Yeah. Did you, did you like my tweet? Why did you like that tweet? Like I was looking through your likes. <laughs> that zombie is so canceled. Yeah, like I, I th- in the back of my head, I'm like, because I like the idea of this movie, I'm like, oh, maybe, you know, like maybe a remake of this one could be good. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. then, no, it would, it would be exactly it's already just described. And I want to watch that movie. It would be really. It probably <laughs> be way more annoying because we were talking about off the air about how I just want to delete everything. So it was like, yeah. why do I want to yeah. watch a movie? Of- steeped in shit i think that's why i liked it though because it was so steeped in shit that we deal with today and like yeah i can podcast of the dead i can almost do it i can almost see why someone would hate it because of that exact same reason you know what i mean like yeah because yeah it's too real yeah we said tatiana maslani is married kills herself amy lalone is tracy the texas girl and her boyfriend chris violet is gordo hey greg sestero greg sestero And then, yeah, Scott Wentworth as Professor Andrew Maxwell, who mumbled all of his lines the entire fucking Free movie. No. I was wanting a little bit more out of him because he had this whole, like, thing, but they never Yeah, like really, he was at war? Like, yeah. What, what did you do at the war? And why it? were you an archer? Yeah. No, just something he would mumble about. <laughs> and, if that, and if that counted for character. Not into Mumble core. I'm an alcoholic. I'm a veteran. But again, this is, that, that, this reminded me of last week of Charlie 
character mm-hmm. in Land of the Dead, where it's like you've just thrown a bunch of character details on him, but you don't use any of yeah. it. None of it yeah, plays. Yeah. Like he's scarred and he's a bit simple and he's an ace shot. Cool. Not going to do anything with that. <laughs> um, and this guy is like drunken, older, you know, a, a war veteran, uh, you know, an archer. an archer somehow. And it's like, <laughs> it's the same fucking thing. It's like you have all these disabilities, but you are just an excellent shot and prove nothing but useful. Yeah. But, but you're weird and yeah. like, you don't actually do anything. It it's just it's weird. It's really strange. It's a weird way to write character. When he shoots like um the the main girl's little brother and he like oh, just hangs on up. the wall. I was like, that was fucked up, but what a freaking shot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my god, what a dope what a kill fucking in shot. general. That that what whole scene that was a good kill. Fun, yeah. Again, good kill. Yeah. Again, good Daryl kill. Daryl Dixon could not pull off that kill, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> he wishes. Yeah. R.D. Reed plays the uh, Amish farmer, Samuel. So he appeared, I don't know if you guys remember, in Dawn of the Dead 2004. He plays the guy, Glenn, who is a part of the whole, like... Tr- oh, my like, God, the gay priest? Yeah, the whole troop Oh, of funny. Yeah. So, yeah. He's so funny. <laughs> That's funny. He's so precious. Yeah, I mentioned Martin Roach, but we also had Alan Van Sprang as Sergeant Nicotine Crockett, who we briefly talked about as the guy... It was a part of the National Guardsman who robs the kids. I don't know why he didn't take their guns as well, but whatever. Because they were fully stocked (laughs) up. He just took their... That's what he said, bro. They're fucking bro. It's not like... Exactly. They're murder. They're not murderers. They're thieves, bro. They know that they're not going to last a minute without their weapons, bro. It's like you're not even watching the movie. Bro, they got so many weapons, bro. They They can't carry all those weapons. For like five minutes. Could, could they know it? Stupid. I know they explain it, but it's like, dude, you take the weapons, right? Ariane, come oh, on. Yeah, zombie yeah, apocalypse. Yeah, You're taking the weapons, the weapons, right? Yeah. I take the RV. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah. Will we see these guys again? I hate when you say that. I don't know. I hate that when means you say that. Could that mean they know. come up next week? And I if I wanted, I, don't if I had any desire, you wouldn't have said it. You wouldn't have said it if it wasn't no. happening. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Philip Riccio plays uh, Ridley Wilmot, the drunk rich kid. At first, I hated him, but man, by the time He's they got to accurate. his house, I loved him. I loved it. Yeah, I he was also, I think bit. he wins accurate the best actor. Zombie. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was a good number. He was great. Yeah, yeah, I loved the whole. I I actually kind of thought the whole arc with the film thing was kind of funny. The way, I mean, it's stupid. It's really on the nose, but it was like kind of funny the way it played out and his whole thing at his house. The everything was kind of cool. Like it was like. It, it kind of goes to show that, like, in a like weird apocalyptic sort of scenario, no one's going to live. No matter like every like, no one's impenetrable. Like, no matter how rich or no their class secure status, you yeah. are, especially in a Romero zombie film, because all it takes is one person to ruin everything, and then everything can collapse. And that's sort of what's great about zombie films. It's so easy to like collapse. Greg Nicotero, he's oh, yeah. back. <laughs> He served as the effects producer, so not mm-hmm. really doing the full-blown special effects, but like I said, things kind of get a little bit more into um, into CGI, so he's more on the like planning stages of everything and overseeing it, but he uh, he did appear as the zombie surgeon, Yeah. so he was the zombie doctor. Uh, <laughs> George A. Romero, did you guys clock him? He was the police officer yeah, on TV. On the yeah. TV, yeah. <laughs> Could it show George A. Romero? Yeah. And then we had Quentin Tarantino, Wes Craven, Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro, 
Simon Pegg and Stephen King lend their voices as newsreaders at the beginning of the film. Oh, funny. Yeah. I heard Simon Pegg. Yeah. Yeah. I heard a Brit. We also had uh, Tom Savini's voice over top the sound. Like, so, this is pretty weird. I heard this a couple of different ways and I don't know. I'd have to go back and I didn't feel like going back to Dawn of the Dead 2004 because I read at one point they took some of what he said in Dawn of the Dead 2004 when he's the cop and placed it over like just other sound in this film but I don't think that's true because Romero doesn't seem to like Dawn of the Dead 2004 so I don't see why he would do that but he he took Tom Savini's voice and he over he played it over top of real sound from like a 9-11 police call like, so there's sound of actual, like, police, like, taking a call with Tom Savini's voice over Tom. <laughs> it's really fucking weird. All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, the music for the film was done by Norman Orenstein. Again, like, I didn't really like the music, but... They tell you at the beginning it's bad. Yeah, it's, it yeah. is what it is. I think that kind of helped because they told you. That I didn't care as much. But it just brought, but it brought attention to it. Yeah. Every time the music comes in, it's like, why did you put music on there? Yeah. It's a crutch. Yeah, it could have like easily not had music at all. Actually, I yeah. To be honest, yeah, I would have preferred it all together if there wasn't the idea of them editing it. Um, if it was more so choppy found footage, like a Blair Witch with no music, no overdubs, like uh, you know narration or anything, I think it would have played a little bit better that's like one of the pitfalls of the genre though it's like you know you're you're making a film essentially about filmmaking or using that as such an explicit device you either commit to the bit or you sort of pretend it doesn't exist yeah and both have pros their pros and their cons but i think that like it adds to that whole to use a horrible sort of sex in the city term like the, the film itself becomes a character you yeah. know what i mean <laughs> um, even though it was shot and made and edited by in the film different people yeah. which i don't know i mean like that justification makes me like oh yeah no it's pretty good but at the same time like doesn't mean i enjoyed it you know like i didn't mm. like it but uh, i didn't like it all that much but i get it you know yeah we get it we get it Yes. Well, Romero made an extensive use of CGI because it allowed him to shoot the film quickly and add the effects later. So this was kind of against what he normally did because a lot of times he would like be shooting and then editing along the way as he was going. So it kind of fucked with him a little bit. Um, also, the film style, as if shot with handheld cameras, you know, necessitated like him changing up a lot of other things that you would normally do, which involved like multiple camera angles and assembling scenes in the editing room. Like I said, you know, he liked to edit as he went and instead Romero filmed a lot of the action, long continuous takes. Like I said, he got the theater actors. So he said, he said the camera was 360. So everybody was an acrobat ducking under the lens when the camera came past you. He said the cast was great. They had a lots of a theater experience. I think I could have gone yeah. from uh, scene one all the way to the end of the movie all in a single shot. <laughs> that well, that would have been a cool movie. Yeah, I could tell from the blocking as well, which I thought was really impressive. Mm. Diary of the Dead premiered in September 2007 at the Toronto International Film Festival before its theatrical release in February 2008. It was joint produced under Romero's Romero 
uh, Grunwald Productions and Artfire Films and distributed by Third Rail Releasing, which was a former label of the Weinstein Company. So, yes. But whatever. Uh, the film, <laughs> the film made five point eight three million dollars, so way less than the last one on a two million dollar budget. Uh, it was pretty mixed, critically speaking. So uh, it was a lot more people disliked it this time compared to the last time around. Uh, a lot of people found it fun, but not very scary. Uh, Nathan Rabin of the AV Club gave it a C plus, and he said that Romero's heavy-handed intellectual concerns get in the way of a perfectly good fright flick. So yeah, that's kind of where we're at. Mm. Where does it leave us, though? Hmm. Well, guys, there's only mm. one more film to tackle in season two. <sighs> the final film yeah. that George A. Romero would direct in 2009's Survival of the Dead, which we'll cover next week that's it's like a bit of tweet yeah yes. it, it's sad to say goodbye to Romero in more ways than one hmm. but I don't know how good it's gonna be <laughs> yeah yeah let's let's see we'll it'd be see. you know but we're gonna wrap up because it's a, we'll always have day well yeah 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 so next week's we're gonna get Basically, you're going to get Survival of the Dead, and we'll also give you our full wrap-up like we did in Season 1. So there'll be a little bonus episode where we'll kind of wrap up everything that we talked about, our thoughts on zombie films and this franchise as a whole, and uh, where it could have gone, what could have been, blah, blah, blah. We'll kind of digest everything. Um, And also, you can expect some rankings. Maybe not rankings for everything, but rankings for these three films in the current Romero arc, but also maybe we can say which one we thought was our favorite film overall out of everything we covered. Um, cool. Rank the trilogy. Yeah, we can rank the trilogies. Yeah. That would be easy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that would be pretty easy, I think. <laughs> but yeah, so that's where we're at. Um, I will try to do a little digging because when I was looking into these, this film in particular, I started to find a little bit of stuff about like maybe what Romero was hoping to go for and what he wanted to do next and kind of that, like what he saw his next arc being and maybe things kind of like got in the way of this. Like, you know, he usually spent like a good, you know, eight, nine, 10 years between films. And this time it's like 2005 to 2007 to to 2009. So they're so close together. So it's kind of interesting um remember the the uh guardsmen that robbed the kids uh, unfortunately. I, don't know. I don't know i don't know we'll don't see know. we'll see we'll see oh all right as long as it's not found footage again it's not it's not film thank footage god. Again. god it's yeah. not film footage right. we go back to a standard film but uh yeah Yay. we'll see wants to take the end as always you can follow us at breadcrumb pod on twitter and instagram and learn more about the breadcrumb collective at breadcrumbcollective.com feel free to reach out and let us know what you think about the show if you like what you hear please subscribe on your favorite podcast app and leave a rating and review over on apple podcast it really helps us out and we want to grow the show yeah we do stay tuned next week for the last one, for the survival of the dead. Did the dead survive? Let's find out. We're going to find out. <laughs> We're going to find out. They made it this far. Are we going to survive? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, barely. Have we survive? Yeah. Yeah. Also, shit, next week also, like I said, there's going to be the you know little bonus wrap-up yeah. episode. 
Maybe Wrap we'll up. tell you about the Maybe. future for, I don't know, season three? What will it be? Ooh. Will we finally do something that we totally like have promised people all like a long time ago over on Patreon, me and Ariane? Who knows? And by people, I mean promised me. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. I'm glad I got a laugh. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, we'll Five. see. See you guys next week. Uh, huh? I, I don't even know. Don't know. Not seen those. I don't know. If I can't find Survival of the Dead anywhere we watch films, you're gonna have to do it for me. (laughs) We'll find it. Dead or survive. You just upload it to the internet. Yeah, then download it. Download it. The last thing he downloaded that always. (laughs) That's correct. Man, somebody (laughs) fucking uploaded it on fucking MySpace. It's on there. (laughs) You find the whole thing. I had to thought a thing on the YouTube. The automatic music player. Beautiful. Right. See you guys next week. Please right. Bye. Be careful. Bye-bye. Be careful. Be careful online. Stay safe. Dangerous. Yeah. Be careful with your uploads. Don't, don't download. Don't be a rubbernecker. You know, it doesn't help. <laughs> and don't go to film school. Yeah. Don't. Turns you into an asshole. Yeah. Turns you into me and Phil. You're gonna be no. broke <laughs> and you're gonna be like Phil and Arian. Just yeah. hate. Weird. And sad. Hateful. Bye bye. Yay. This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged In Coppola Connections, A Droop Town Limery, Maine, Franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad-free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about Breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.